Hey there, this is the Let's Make It Awkward podcast, where we unpack all those awkward in-between moments of being a young adult. So tune in to hear from the dynamic besties as we unpack everything you've probably been thinking about and more. Enjoy! Welcome back to Let's Make It Awkward. It's your girls, Lainey. Chelsea. Lexi. And I don't know if you can tell by the extreme increase in quality, (laughs) (laughs) but we're no longer Zooming it because we are all together. Reunited. Me, me, me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. What this means, everyone, is that you're going to be able to hear Lexi's sound effects that much better. (laughs) In real time. In real time. (laughs) One day. We'll get a soundboard. One day. <laughs> if anyone would like to sponsor us, let us Oh, know. yeah. In multiple capacities of our lives. My birthday's coming up. <laughs> We're trying to go to Puerto Rico. All sugar daddies, sugar mamas, sugar uncles, sugar aunties. Right. All welcome. All welcome. Um, but it's the beginning of an episode, mm-hmm. which means that we have to check in with each other. Mm-hmm. Talking about how spicy we're feeling today. So, Chelsea. I knew I was going to have to go first, and immediately I lost all all thoughts in my brain. Sure. Um, but I'm going to go with moderately spicy today mm. because it's a Sunday. I'm feeling kind of tired, not entirely ready for the week, but started my day with a great nature walk and met the cutest older couple and had a very long conversation about beavers and you saw a beaver yesterday too i did so i thought that's a sign we need to look up what the what meaning does it mean? behind a it probably right? means like you're gonna have bad luck for the next like, <laughs> oh my gosh i'm gonna say that's not the case sometimes i'm a pessimist i think you're building you're building because beavers oh, build their I little shelters they're damned yeah yeah <laughs> We'll revisit all. We'll circle back about the beaver narrative. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned for the interpretation. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it. I'm feeling pretty good. Who are you passing the spicy meter to? You. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I could see in her eyes. She was like, "Now you. You said something." You chose to counter. I know. <laughs> Um, I feel like I just got back, which I did just get back, but I feel like I never left. <laughs> um, as for spiciness, um, not like too spicy, but just right, like the perfect mm. amount of spice where it's like the burn, but you still get the flavor and you want another bite, but you're also like, ooh, it's hot. Yeah. You know? Um, because I feel like I'm back. We had such a great weekend. Um and just kind of enjoying things. Spring is coming. I got plants. Like, things are just kind of... Growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm happy. Building and growing. Building and growing. Okay, great. (laughs) I was about to be like, I'm all right. (laughs) I feel like whoever goes... Well, let me not say that. But I feel like sometimes whoever goes last is like, meh. It just goes down. (laughs) It's like, building, building. Growing right. <laughs> All the way back to <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I was thinking about this and I was like, I think when I've answered the spicy meter before, I just think about when I'm in the moment. Mm-hmm. 
And like, how could I not just be the extra spiciest little jalapeno pepper I could be? Oh, <laughs> she's a pepper. She's a jalapeno pepper. When I'm with the two of you, however, I was like, I pro- should probably think at a greater scale about like what my life has been like, what my week has been like. It's been an interesting time <laughs> for sure, to say the least. Um, and I think there are so many, like so many questions in my head about where I'm going to be, what I'm going to do. Lots of questioning that I just need to take some time, clarify, mm-hmm. but questioning is part of what today's episode is about. And so I just think it's kind of apt that we don't forego that important, that important part of our lives. And instead we just, we embrace it. Yeah. And that's what we're here to do today. I do think Beautiful. before we get into the topic, I think Lainey needs like a word of the day. Cause I, when have you last heard of apt? Like when has that <laughs> ever been in <laughs> your vocabulary? As soon as she said it, I was like, apt. <laughs> Use of the word apt. <laughs> it's like, okay, you just remember, you're like, there are more words in the vocabulary than the English language that I'm using in this, in this modern age. I think, okay, it's funny because I used to be so bad with words and still am. Like, don't give Why? me that I face. don't believe it. Don't I don't believe face. it. There was a period of time where I'd be talking and I would just stop talking because I couldn't remember what mm. the next word that I wanted to say was. Mm. I also felt like I was just saying the same words over and over again, which yeah. I still feel sometimes. And so I, I specifically remember I was with my mom and we were on a trip and I was just like, I think I need to read more. I think I need to like look at a thesaurus and mm-hmm. just look and see what other words there are out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just manifested it apparently because all of a sudden it is some, you guys comment on it regularly. <laughs> At least every day. Very few people notice. They notice. They're just they not just saying, don't comment yeah, because like, how are you going to stop somebody in the middle of the sentence and be like, what a great word choice. <laughs> <laughs> Although the new word I'm trying to integrate into my vocabulary is poignant. Love because I just that a few times. A few times. I'm trying to sprinkle it in. So sometimes there's like just one word that I'm like, yeah. I think I can begin to use this in my vocabulary. And then the same thing with emotions. I've started mm. to talk about emotions and sensations because I think everybody is so like numb to how they're feeling right now that when yep. you just ask somebody how they're doing, it's like, oh, I'm fine, I'm good, whatever. And so I'm like, I think we need to begin to like sensationalize this experience a little bit more. Yeah. So I've been like, you know those floaty things outside of car dealerships? I'm like, <laughs> don't like that today. <laughs> it becomes very relatable yeah. so it is it's the little thing it is well thing. I always think that like a metaphor is really helpful mm-hmm. truly when like you do this very well Charles where someone will be like how are you doing today and the initial thing will be like you know I'm, I'm all right like blah blah, blah. and you're like you see that plant over there the like, <laughs> leaves are kind of droopy that's me how are you doing today? And it's like, yeah, I felt like that yesterday. I know exactly what you mean. See? And yeah. it just really bonds people. So I think that... The conversation starter, too. Yes. Where it's like, you can go so much further than just... I think one of my least favorite questions is, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. How are you? Because it doesn't matter how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really want to answer that question. Because mm-hmm. it's like, if you're not doing well, and it, no one... And also, I'm like, you don't really care. You know? Like, yeah. there are certain people who ask, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you're just asking to ask because you feel like this is part of the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And we move on. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, now what are we moving on to? Mm-hmm. But if you talk about 
so much. <laughs> More small talk. <laughs> but you talk about the car dealership. Mm-hmm. Little, Make I don't laughing. even know what it's called. I just call it a little floaty thing. <laughs> but I think that is definitely, yeah, part of adulthood should be learn more words. <laughs> learn more words. Challenge. I think our soundboard needs, you know, like the staples, that was easy voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need a button that says word of the day. <laughs> yes, word of the day and then wowza. Because <laughs> don't you just see like the illumination of like it gets bigger yes. and it kind of bounces? Like big eyes. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, we like that one. And then Yes. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, comment and like if you also want to add to this soundboard. That's great. <laughs> we would love some other voices. Are you kidding? Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Okay, but we're excited. We're excited about yeah. our topic to yeah. dive in because it means a lot to all of us. It's also one of those awkward things about adulting. And um, so it's drum roll. <laughs> Shockingly, Chelsea did not join in. <laughs> I knew two was enough, you know? So, let's see what they do. How do two they handle do. this? Two will do. We're talking about all things identity. Um, and it's as ambiguous as it sounds. So we're going to just kick off by talking a little bit about what that means for all of us, how it's showing up in our lives, and then just keep digging until we can really unpack all of the awkward, complex things around it. Yay. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if you heard that energy and excitement in that yay. I think I think that everyone turned and looked at me as soon as I was over and I I knew it was it was my turn again. But I think before when we were talking about this being the topic and I would I just spent five minutes looking at space and just wondering what identity meant to me because I think I'm in this time in my life where I'm like what even is my identity what do I want it to be and I mean that's like the awkward but the fun exciting thing sometimes the hard thing about being an adult is you kind of get to set that tone for yourself but for the longest time I feel like my identity was just rooted in things that I did or people around me or the things that people told me to be and so now I'm just having the most fun picking out all of those things for myself based on what I like and what I love and like how I want to spend my time um but there's still this like kind of tingly like not fear but just like this weirdness around when someone brings up identity I'm like oh do we have to talk about this now (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think what's nice what's hard but nice and one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about this is because of that reason Mm -hmm. and in fact you were the person who brought up this topic as something that you wanted to talk about I did now here I am being like why are we talking about this (laughs) I asked for it So why do we turn to Chelsea? Because <laughs> she's the one that brought this topic up. But I also, I think that one of the things about this podcast and about us is that we regularly engage with things that we maybe haven't engaged with before or haven't seen being engaged with and the way that like we're experiencing it. And so that point of it being like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm kind of reaching a point in my life where like all of these things are coming together and I'm having to like rearrange the furniture within my mind about what works, what doesn't work. 
Like, that's very much, A, what we're going through, but also, B, rarely talked about because so often people just want to act like they have it all together. Yeah. And that comes down to intrinsically who you are, Mm -hmm. which is identity. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you aren't able to, like, show up and show off, like, you're trying to hide all of the, all of, like, the flaws or Mm -hmm. the cracks underneath the surface Mm -hmm. and people just try to keep this real good front but we're not here to do that no Mm -hmm. no we're diving deep in put on your snorkels (laughs) (laughs) we're jumping off the diving water (laughs) no and and, you know when I think of identity like the first thing that comes to my mind and what I most people I kind of generalize I think is like all the labels yeah, like how many buttons? And I don't know. This is a throwback. But did y'all ever watch Ned's Declassified School of Survival Guide? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I remember there was an episode there that was like everybody wears a pin for like all the things they identify as. Yeah. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember like there's even this kind of conflicting thing of like, do you identify as all the things, or do you try and be just like this like incognito chameleon and none of the things Mm. but can you really sit in between those two because you have to begin to investigate like why you do things and where you got those narratives because in my mind those identity markers that you know are are uncomfortable for a lot of folks really shape how you move through this world and kind of give light to all the uh, forces and factors that kind of shape where you're going Mm -hmm. and at least for myself it's been really liberating to be able to say like oh you know this is why I am the way that I am because of these kind of origin stories but where I'm going how can I either undo that or reinforce that and kind of see where that is but I think a lot of people think of like all the multitude of labels and you prioritize like you really kind of got your top five top ten of like what you kind of carry every day with you then you have the things that are a little bit more underneath and then you have the things I think of a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you have your leaves and the very visible things, but then you still have kind of the root system of like, what's the things that have always been a part of your experience? That ground you. That ground you. And, you know, how do you bring those things to the surface? Like with the fruits that bear are a reflection of that. So I think sometimes it gets difficult when you're kind of moving through life trying to be incognito but you have these driving forces that kind of conflict with your environment um I know that's kind of meta but we'll dive deeper into it so what are some of those things for you yeah that's a great question Lainey um and I'm going to ask you it back (laughs) (laughs) that is what we do here reciprocity my friends teeing her up (laughs) right there um I think for myself like my racial identity has always played a really big part um, and I kind of think of it, you know, those pillars to to the experience. Um, I didn't think that, so, you know, I'm multiracial, but I identify as being just like a black woman um, primarily because I think that those are two very different things that could be unpacked on the whole, like, full podcast. Because <laughs> sure. it's like, I am multiracial, but it really doesn't matter because how I'm visible in this world is just very much a black girl. Mm-hmm. I could walk around here saying I'm white, but I think I'd get some crazy stares and I don't think it would change any of my outcomes that I have mm-hmm. um, or how the world, they would just be like, ah, she's a crazy black girl. Delusional. Exactly. Exactly. Which again, we could get into this because 
you could go the other way and there's no issue, right? Mm-hmm. Like a white girl like Rachel Dolezal can be like, That's I'm exactly black and nobody questions that. So yeah. that's like poison ivy over there. <laughs> Another time. Um, so that's been a big factor. And then I also think that like a factor that's not so visible, but I've realized played a lot about me is like growing up in the South Mm -hmm. and like being, you know, born and raised in Texas. And then like have moved to California for a little bit and like realizing that even that I didn't realize was a part of my identity so much. And I'm like Southern and culture and upbringing. But then when I moved back to North Carolina, I was like, oh, I feel home again. So I feel like that's one that's very visible, one that's like not. And then I think just upbringing and like family and not just the prioritization of family, but like the way that my family was, you know, kind of structured. It's very intimate. We're very, you know, we were proximate to each other. It was very structured. Um, We're all very competitive. (laughs) We're all very, you know, love adventure, thrill seekers um, and uh, emotionally inept. (laughs) (laughs) All value. So it's like, you know, you got to even go a little bit further than this. I think those are kind of top three of like visible, not so visible, and then like foundational. Mm. Yeah. Kicking it off to you. Oh, wow. And this is the thing is that it's like, okay, now that's the best way to think about it, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, For me, identity is not something that I've had to think about Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways because I go through this world as a straight white woman that can get away with a whole lot more than other people can. And I, and like it, I was in a lot of white circles Mm -hmm. growing up. And so like, that just wasn't even something that was brought even to my attention. So I think identity is something that's interesting for me to hear others talk about Mm -hmm. because I have friends who are like, I think about my identity. I thought about my identity since the day I came out of the womb. Mm -hmm. Like that was ingrained in me generationally Mm -hmm. to think about. And I'm like, I came out of the womb and my parents were like, yeah, so her first name's going to be Margaret, but her middle name's Lainey because we like the way that that sounds, but she's going to go by Lainey. Like (laughs) that was the identity that was provided to me. And so I think the way that I have seen myself is a lot about how I relate to others Mm. rather than who I am. Mm. And so a middle sister is probably like the biggest identifier that I have had growing up and all of the things that come with that. I love being the middle of three girls. Yikes. <laughs> I know. We were all thinking it. I know. I know. Um, maybe they weren't. Okay. <laughs> um, but I always say I'm like, I think we joked about it on my introduction on, on Instagram, where it's like, I am the middlest of middles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's an element of being a middle child that people ask if like you have felt forgotten in this world or you feel like you're not super seen and for a long time I pushed that away and I was like no 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 like I have the best parents I have the best sisters like I have the best friends people really care about me and then more and more as I go back I think and think through my life I'm like oh there were quite a few moments where I did not feel like the priority in anybody's life Mm -hmm. and not that like I was not, but that was just how I was feeling. And so I think part of what has allowed me to grow and become the person who I am is instead of thinking about it as like who I am and related to others, which is what Chelsea has touched on in other episodes, but thinking about like who I am just in terms of like me Mm -hmm. um, and 
I think a lot of that is down to the ways that like I have interacted with people. And so the ways that like both of you have talked about yourselves or like the ways that we have interacted, like the affirmations that you give to me, just being able to see and observe like the way that I, the way that I am. Mm -hmm. So like, I am a hilarious person. Yes. (laughs) And so like one of literally one of the ways that I identify is like someone who's funny. Mm -hmm. And so humor is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get along with you on your humor lev- level or you don't get along with me, it's not necessarily going to work being friends with me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I do think that it is also interesting, like, thinking of, thinking of identity in terms of, like, adjectives about yourself mm-hmm. rather than it just being that, like, very, like, what can you see? Brown hair, blue eyes, mm-hmm. porcelain skin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. identify as someone who gets sunburned like, <laughs> into, those, into the sun rays. Yeah. Chelsea? Well, I am really glad I got to go last on this question because I feel like I'm kind of pulling from both of y'all's perspectives, mm-hmm. but also kind of feel like I just went through slash am still going through like an identity crisis mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm like, well, oftentimes when I'm like questioning like, my belief system or my identity or have just moved out of, like, a really big learning experience in my life, I kind of commemorate it with, like, a physical change. So I feel like in the last couple of months, I've dyed my hair black. I've <laughs> pierced my nose. I've, um, I think I want a tattoo. Yeah. I... I took Lainey on a day-long shopping trip where I think (laughs) I spent half a paycheck on new clothes because I was like, this is who I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to, I want you to keep going, Uh but I just want to pause really quick (laughs) because I think what we, we've talked about this as we were dying, Charles's hair temporarily, Mm -hmm. blacker than it is now, which is very dark. Not much different. (laughs) Um, But we were talking about that idea. Chelsea was like, every so often I just like want to make a change. Like I cut my hair mm-hmm. um, or like I get a tattoo or I add something to my life by getting a dog. Like I make yeah. these really big statements about all of this. And we had that conversation about it being like, but you've gone, you have internally changed so much that like, that's really hard to project and show to other people mm-hmm. that sometimes you just want to demonstrate it in some mm-hmm. kind of way so that people can literally be like, you look different. And you can be like, mm. I do look different. And it's not just because I mm. cut my hair. Yeah. It's also because of like who I am and radiating. Mm-hmm. But also like with the clothing thing and the nose piercing and the cutting of hair <laughs> and all these things, like it, I don't think it's, I think it's also less, about, sometimes part of it is about showing that. Yeah. I think like the clothes is more about um, like, less growing into what you want to be and more like this is who I am yeah like stepping into that mm. yeah mm. yeah Ooh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I feel like there have been a lot of moments like that recently I'm not really sure what order to go in of like explaining this so I'll just start with like the stepping into it part but I feel like just like I there's so many things that I like hold to a different like standard of importance in my life now than I ever did before I think one of that is clothes like clothes used to just be like a fun trendy thing but now it's like 
becoming a part of the way that I like project myself yeah to the world and like that's important to me like I and I think a part of that is because for so long I was like in these places and like I'm institutions or like whatever in my life where I felt like I couldn't be fully myself and I had to like kind of conform to a standard or to an identity that was created for me that I thought I agreed with but like was not necessarily like my own choosing um and so now I'm like just really fully living out all of these different things that I have like wanted to be like reclaiming literally everything yeah yeah Mm -hmm. reclaiming your body reclaiming your style reclaiming your environment like all of those things and what they how they are showing up in your life Mm -hmm. which like for anyone who's done one of those things you know how hard it is yeah so the (laughs) fact that it's like a full 180 and not in an unhealthy way Mm -hmm. of it being like I don't want this anymore so I'm gonna go for the complete opposite but just a true self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So impressive. And should be applauded. So if you're there, give Chelsea round of applause. <laughs> 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 it's like the tennis class. Like, yes, 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 yes. I'm just picturing the, like, we, you know, yes. it's, like, we tennis. Yeah. <laughs> and bowling. Yeah. And now Chelsea's crying. <laughs> Cue the cry. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I've been really grateful to go through this with two great, encouraging friends who have given me the space and the grace to question all of the things. Um, so I guess I'll answer, I guess I'll explain (laughs) what the things were. I think, um, so pulling from kind of what Lexi said, like, growing up and like the way you identified like I guess like the roots kind of mm-hmm. would be like my family religion um I'm I identify as a mixed woman so my dad's from India my mom's from um North Carolina <laughs> <laughs> Where, um so I, um, but I, I grew up going to church, going to school, like always in predominantly white spaces and being white passing, I think a lot of my identity kind of became rooted in like being white and not fully understanding a whole other side of who I was and like the culture that I'm really learning to like dive into and value and appreciate so much more beyond like kind of the surface that I feel like I was exposed to when I was younger um and like even having conversations with my family they're like really eye-opening and encouraging now as an adult like some things that I feel like was I was missing out on when I was younger like having conversations about race and religion and like all these different aspects of what made up my identity I'm talking about with my family now and that's been I'm so grateful for it um but also um religion being one of my identifiers I was raised Christian and went to church and was involved in a ministry throughout college um 
and then now walking away from college and walking away from the ministry, I am, I don't even know how to fully explain it. I, I have been listening to lots of podcasts that call this <laughs> deconstructing your religion and kind of like the furniture analogy Lainey just used of like sifting through like the furniture in my mind that like, or like the the beliefs in my mind that came from religion and kind of figuring out what is true or like what is a part of my identity and my belief system that I want to hold on to. So I think with religion and feeling like maybe, or I think knowing that I'm walking away from religion, um, and this could this could be its own episode because I think religion is is extremely different from faith. Um, but walking away from religion and also living into my identity as a mixed woman, um, all of these different aspects of my life are like coming together. Um, and now pulling off of what Lainey was saying, I have felt like I've been, I've been making a more conscious effort to just name the things that I love about myself or name the things that I I identify as just because of like who I am intrinsically, not because of how I show up for other people or how I hope other people view me, but just like, I'm creative. I'm, um, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm still, (laughs) I got that one down. I'm like, I got to keep thinking because I think I used to describe myself with words like I'm empathetic and I'm intentional and those are all really great things to be but so often my focus on being those words was how to show up for other people and not just like who I am, what I identify as, why I love myself just because. Um, And you need both. Like you need you need to know how the things, the ways that you identify fit into your life and the way that you engage with other people. Right. But you also, more importantly, need to know who you are. So you don't get lost in the sauce, like I like to say. Yes. And I think that this whole process for me has been a little bit terrifying because I've never not had something that identified me. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm like, and I, it's always kind of been told to me what it was. And now I, I have to figure it out by myself. B, like, get to choose. This, I think, is like, everybody needs to sit on this point. Yeah. I feel like there's always this intentional interrogation of, like, who told you this? Mm-hmm. And did you make the conscious choice to ascribe to that? And do you want it to continue to show up in the same way in your life? Or does it need to go? Yeah, And so I think that point for all the listeners to just like really pause and ask themselves like the things that you're agreeing upon, were you told to agree upon it or like Mm -hmm. actively choosing to engage in it? Because that really changes how you show up. And I think that's why this is such a difficult conversation for some folks, especially when you ascribe to like big institutional identifiers Mm -hmm. like the church, regardless of what like discipline or sex that looks like. Mm -hmm with politics and that comes like these become really charged conversations because I don't think everybody knows why they believe these things yeah and you you know it's a it's a tough process you kind of beautifully you know laid out the blueprint of which you moved through it because you're going against 
like the the people who loved you so much that they they gave you this thing Mm -hmm. but then that thing you as reflect like could have done harm to you yeah or they did did do harm to me did do harm to you (laughs) and like how you reconcile that and how you be back in relationship and then go against the grain and then people kind of call oh you're rebellious 20s like all the stuff it's like Mm -hmm. no no I'm I'm like re I'm repotting the whole you know soil because I want to grow something different in this pot so I just want listeners to really like hone in exactly what you just said because it's so powerful of like did I choose this or was this told to me? Yeah. Um, and how powerful and liberating it is, like terrifying. That's why I'm always like, do the thing that's scariest because like mm-hmm. the reward of it, like it is so terrifying to let that go because you're like, what will happen? But then how liberating to step into these things. It's like, but I know this thing is mm-hmm. like what I'm proud of. Yeah. 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 I do want to acknowledge like if someone's listening and is like, that sounds like, the hardest thing that I'd ever have to do or like that's something that you are thinking about doing and it just seems so intimidating I think like this has been the most like I don't this is gonna sound a little bit cliche but like the most freeing like past couple of months of my life because I'm like this is just like I think once you get past a lot of the hard part like Lexi and Lainey know there there was like a month where I was like I cry every day. I have barely fed myself <laughs> because I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm like, what even is life? Like, I was just really. Who am I? Yes. Who am I? Oof. I feel angry all the Oof. time. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Real. This is real. Yeah. Was like straight mad at mm-hmm. the world. And now I'm like so grateful that I had to go through that hard process because I'm like, I don't know. It it just feel, it feels so funny to say this, but I'm like I love going on walks by myself and just like thinking about myself <laughs> and who I am and like all of these things are like I love putting on a cute outfit and being like I am like so confident in how I look and who I am mm-hmm. and like what the world gets to see when yeah. I walk outside mm-hmm. my door. Like yeah, I mean it's just been. Cue crushing. Cue crying in the club. Because, like, (laughs) as someone who's been proximate to that process, like, I just, I think there were times where I would just ask you, like, what do you want to do? Like, what what is the things that you want to do? And you, it would be just get cute and take pictures. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there were moments where like we wouldn't do it. I'm like, why can't we do it? Like, just go, let's just go do it. And we started to do those things. And so now that you're like, I couldn't have imagined a year ago that you would go on a walk by yourself. Yeah. And now she came home and I was like, oh, how are all these, you know, fun people? And she's like, I want to walk by myself. I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> I was like, excuse me, what? Like, have fun. <laughs> no, it, it is. I, there are just so many things that I'm willing to do now that I wasn't willing to do before. And I think I'm still working on articulating like all of the reasoning behind it. But I think there's just something, something so like heavy about letting other things or other people's expectations of you like define you or... Mm-hmm. I think it just feels so entrapping. Is that a word? Yeah. Um, it feels right. It's <laughs> the word. But I wowza. <laughs> <laughs> um, word of the day. 
honored. Never thought I'd get that recognition. <laughs> but I think it just feels like I just feel like I carry myself differently and and my like interactions with people in the world look so different now just because I'm coming from a place of abundance is was Lexi's word for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And um like that's come from getting to have the freedom to define myself and all that comes with that. Mm-hmm. I think what's also come with that is confidence. Mm. But yeah, that is accurate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that inevitably, if you have no idea what's going on, if you're like questioning all of these things, it's really mm-hmm. easy to just like question the way that you enter into wherever you are in the world. Yeah. But last like last weekend, we go shopping Chelsea's trying on all of the outfits and every single one that she tries on, she looks at herself in the mirror and she was like, I am the actual hottest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) And it's true. Mm -hmm. Like it's, she's not saying that because she's like trying to validate herself and like grow into something great. No, she's like, yeah, currently right now in this moment. Yeah. I had this conversation with my mom and then one of my favorite, um, Instagram, like personalities, Mm -hmm. Shan Booty, um, was talking about this because I was telling my mom just about like hairstyles because she, you know, she's very much like Michelle Obama where like always wear hair straight and like the cute little shoulder look and then Michelle switched over to wearing curly hair and I always tell my mom like I wish you wear your curly hair and she's like I just don't think I look good in that. I'm like but that's the thing. If you think that, that is what people will see yeah. mm-hmm. and then Shan who's just like this amazing, you know, ex- not expert but like brings a lot of frameworks and theories into like how we show up in life. Um, and it's very just like sex positive, blah, blah, blah. But she was saying, she was like, I believe that whatever you believe is true. Mm-hmm. And so, and my thing is that when she said that, I was like, ah, yes, that is how I live my life. Like, I don't care if my hair looks bad. If I think it looks good, you can't tell me it looks bad. Mm-hmm. And when you start showing up in spaces that way, then you really do see how people treat you differently. And that is negating, like, there's a very much an institutional component to all of this. Of, yeah, like, you yeah. can try and show up in some spaces and pushing that. That's, again, that's a whole different level of processes. Mm-hmm. Like, in your personal life, like, if, I, if you're telling yourself you're the hottest, then Lainey's like, you are the hottest. <laughs> and to me, that's so pivotal for people to sh- shift that switch. Because for me, it was really that, like, pe- people just really don't, like, their opinions really don't matter. You know what I mean? You can disappoint people, but they're disappointed because of themselves. Like, it reflects badly on them. Mm-hmm. It really has nothing ever to do. Yeah, it really has nothing ever to do with how you're showing up. Or because they've always wanted to show up as their full selves, and they're seeing somebody else do it. So, again, that's on you, boo. And yeah. I stay telling people to, like, that's your responsibility to deal with that. Again, it's about how you're projecting into this world. And there's so many barriers to overcome to get to that point. But I, I do think that, like, if I could get anybody to understand something, it's, like, one, it's just really not that deep. But, two, it's also really that deep. Because it's, like, it's about how you're showing up. And I think that just changes the way you you you, you live and the cadence because you stop waiting for permission to do things. And mm-hmm. that's a very liberating process. Like, if you wake up and you want to go on a walk, you freaking go on a walk. You don't have to ask permission to live your life. And that seems cliche. But a lot of people are living their lives for a lot of other reasons besides themselves. And to me, that's like, that breaks my heart because I want nothing but the people around me to be living their full life for themselves. And then it's just a privilege to be in proximity to people who are whole. Mm. Yeah, I think for the longest time growing up, I like, all right, let's go back to middle school. (laughs) 
<laughs> Yikes! You yeah. can go alone. No, no, I don't want to be on that bus. <laughs> a dark time for most. Um, but it's the time when you don't want to be different. All you want to do is fit in. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is this period of time when, like, and, and thinking, too, about how you identify and for such a long time, one of the identifying factors is like what you're doing with your life. Mm-hmm. It still is the case. But for however many years, it's a student. Mm-hmm. And so then like moving into like being in a job and being like, but does my job define me? Like, mm. does like the, the 40 hours a week make me who I am? Or does that, do I want it to? Mm-hmm. Um, but like being a student and I just can like think about little Lamy in like sixth and seventh grade who's looking around the room and being like what can I wear that makes me look like everybody else Mm. what can I do what can I say how can I act because I never wanted the spotlight on me Mm. like there there are some people who want who love to be the center of attention (laughs) shockingly enough I've never been that (laughs) (laughs) but growing into who I am and I think when you start to acknowledge just how great you are that question of like, why wouldn't I show up mm-hmm. in my fullest self? Because inevitably, if I show up in my fullest, everybody else is going to be reaping the rewards too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Ooh. not even just selfish. It's also like, you're welcome, everybody. Yeah. Like, we're all going to be better because each individually yeah. are going to be. Snaps. <laughs> Snaps. Fire. Yes. Fuego. Fuego. Oh, I, my goodness. I think one of those benefits is when you are showing up as your best self, you have the capability of, like, giving people a space to, to do, do that, that also and making yeah. them feel comfortable to do it. <laughs> I don't even need to be here right now. Like, this is great. Yes, you do. <laughs> Why would you not? Because you say it at all. Like, you, you, there's nothing else to say. You said it all. I think you've said quite a bit, too. Right? And we're, we're validating at this point. I'll second that. But it, it's embodying the reciprocity. It's the yeah. most sustainable thing. It's creating space and grace. And there's no expectations. And I, you know, I go back to, you know, I was talking with some of my friends from college. And they were like, ah, I had two two besties, a shout out Ryan and Ami. And we were like mm-hmm. the quirkiest bunch. We were vastly different from each other. But everybody always said they're like, when we hung out with you, like we knew we could be ourselves. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, because when you're hanging out with also like centered, grounded individuals and who they are, it, it relinquishes these expectations that other people feel. And I don't think people understand the unconscious like cadence at which that is happening mm-hmm. they're like you're taking in information all the time and like we've been conditioned this way of like figure out how people are acting around you and like adapt to it don't be the outsider don't do these things but when you're with grounded people who like I don't care that like there's me and one of my friends will always disagree on certain topics but it's like we're so grounded in who we are that's respect that's reciprocity like that's a beautiful thing and that to me is what fosters community and yeah. it's so essential to this wonky time in life too but it's like when I'm looking at what I'm planting in my garden like that's it because yeah. anything that comes out of that to me is like bountiful and abundant well and like this time being the pandemic mm-hmm. this time being the age that we are and mm-hmm. like the time in life that we're in it is imperative that you feel like you're able to show up as you are with people and so I think like that's scary in and of itself which again like kudos Charles for just being (laughs) like I'm not like I'm not myself Mm -hmm. because I don't know who myself is Mm -hmm. like that's really scary that's really hard 
but you're right. Like, I think one of the greatest compliments you could give someone is the ability or is the, is being like, I felt like I could come to you and just be who I was mm-hmm. fully, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, as yeah. gross and like as ugly as it may be sometimes. Yeah. But it comes with all the greatness. Perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. Yeah. And I always tell other young people who, which is like weird that we're like nearing this kind of middle ground, but I always tell them like, your only job is to be exceptional in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people like really sit with that because they're still filtering through. But I'm like, gosh, I just don't want another young person to default to like all these other who we all know perfectly imperfect because it's all of our parents. It's all of our siblings. Like mm-hmm. it's everybody else around us who I see clear exam, like they don't got it. Mm-hmm. So all you need to do is like find your rhythm and your rhyme. It's also just like this really phenomenal book called Flow. Um, the the authors, it's like a German last name, so I'm not even going to butcher it. But it's oh, like, no. yeah, it's like the psychology of the optimal experience. And I remember reading it and it was talking about like finding your flow in your life, of like finding this optimal experience is like the embodiment of when you're grounded in who you are and then you're rooted in the action of that. Like you kind of materialize and actualize your life. And that's always been a driving factor for me of like find your flow, find the thing that like, when you are your fullest self and you pour that into something, mm-hmm. you lose track of time. Like you lose sense of all these things. I just don't know a lot of people our age who are able to engage in that and think you have to like wait for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're going to be real crusty by the time you get to it. <laughs> but like, I mean, just cut your losses, do it now. But again, that's a little bit of a tangent. No, I think it, the nice thing to also remember is that this goes in waves. Mm-hmm. And so like right now we could be feeling really good about ourselves <laughs> and then like in a month something can happen to make us start to question everything mm-hmm. and so I think the moral of the story is that like everybody's questioning with you all the time yeah, yeah. and it's really not such a bad thing yeah and it only brings you to a better place yeah okay so fireside chat hot hot topic questions Lightning you want you want to go or I want to go you go okay me go so I was gonna say that um, you know, as much as we're making this seem like a very natural conversation, mm-hmm. it's not in a lot of other mm-hmm. spaces, right? It's like a super uncomfy topic. And I would argue it's probably because of like political correctness, a lot of other people not having that deep self-reflection. And I think people just don't know what to identify as. I think mm-hmm. if I say black, maybe that makes Lainey feel like she needs to say white mm-hmm. or there's this, you know, internal, there's this, uh, unconscious conversation that like why doesn't she have to say white and I do have to say black like what type of different experiences and then you want to be knit to your community so you're like ah does that make it uncomfortable and I don't think that we've always been very like out front or good about having this conversation either so with that I wanted to know you know have you what has it felt like or how uncomfy is it when people have tried to identify you and like, how mm. has that experience been? Oh, it's and, so good. Yeah. And then how is it uncomfortable maybe when you're witnessing your friends go through this process and you like don't agree with it, like where they're going? Because I feel like there's an absence of some of our friends <laughs> because oh. we didn't agree with the path that they were going. And yeah. like, how do you manage? I think we've talked a lot about like, you have those friends, uh-huh. you know, who identify one way and you're like, this doesn't really match where I'm going. Like, how do you manage that uncomfy thing? Um, yeah, that's my question. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have another hour. 
<laughs> we have abundant time, baby. I'll start with the how does it feel when someone identifies me? Because um, this actually happened recently. Lainey was there. It was a most often it's like centered around race and people just assume I'm white. Um, and occasionally I, I used to get the questions the, like really cringy. I can't believe they said these questions to me now, but in high school, they're like, what are you? Mm-hmm. Or you look exotic mm-hmm. or, um, like you're not, you're not white, but you look white. Like those like really cringy questions that I'm like, not the way to start a conversation yeah I feel like there are a lot of other ways to go about this conversation that I'm very willing to have um but I had recently Lainey and I um had a game night at Lainey's house and no games were played no yeah that's true Except for the biggest game <laughs> yeah um throw back to my situation shift that I was talking about <laughs> Um, he had a friend over, I had Lainey, we were having a wine game night, I guess. Um, but I don't even remember how we got on this topic, but I, I said that I was, um, mixed and I was Indian and white and both of the guys were dumbfounded. Yeah. And then it like followed it up with prove it to us. That's right. Like, show me a picture of your family right now. We don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I think I just kind of froze in the moment because that was a new one. Mm-hmm. I have never had to prove it prove it to anyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I just, like, painted them a photo because I was like, I'm very proud of my family like, and where I come from and how I identify. So I'm, I'm definitely going to stand up for that. But they they sat there and they commented and they scrutinized and they were like, "You don't look, you don't look it. Your mm-hmm. sisters can be mixed, but like you're, you don't look it." Literally mm-hmm. quantifying who you are mm-hmm. and what you're allowed to be, yeah, right in front of you, yeah, mm-hmm. and to my face, like out loud. And like one of the guys, like outing their race, like one of the guys was white, one of them was not, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he was doing the same thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he has experienced things very similarly to you. Yes, because he was also mixed. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I I think I said I said something along the lines of wow, I love being scrutinized out loud and in public and they were like, No, 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 we're not scrutinizing you. We're just commenting. Backtrack, backtrack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess to answer your question, it's always been so uncomfortable, always mm-hmm. been around race, always made me feel like I had, I had to prove it. Like, even mm-hmm. if they weren't outward, like, completely saying prove it to us, like, I still always felt like I had to. Yeah. Because I never, like, measured up to their standards of, yeah. like, whatever, like, they thought I was supposed to be. Yeah. Not to out your business either, but I think then the reverse also has happened to you even in work when they tagged you as white. Yes. And you saw it on a grant report Mm -hmm. and you were like, the reverse happened where you're like, no, I have so much pride in my identity. Like, how dare you take it away from me? Yes. So you've had it really from both sides, which I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I can imagine it's as equally discomforting. Yeah. um, For, you know, kind of coming from the same 
foundation reason, you know? Mm-hmm. That was cuckoo bananas. <laughs> I, was yeah. about to, I was about to roll up in the office and be like, <laughs> so today what we're not going to do is negate somebody's real, you know, racialized experience. Mm-hmm. And that was just, that was so early on. There were so it many was. things going on, but I wanted to point that out too. No, that is a, I think I erase that from my memory because it was so <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm glad you brought it up because I remember even bringing it up to them when I realized it and they were like, oh, well, you're going to be in spaces where people like make you choose one. So that's crazy. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So wild ducklings. Lainey? Yeah. I think when I think of people identifying me as something, I think it depends on if it's positive or negative. <laughs> so like, I think that like, for me, sometimes when people see me in a certain way, like mm-hmm. it's a good thing mm-hmm. because like they're actually seeing me for who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to, I like, don't want to discount that experience either, but I do think that the majority of times when you think of someone identifying you as something, you're going to think of the time when someone did it and you were like, this is not what I wanted. For me, my age is something that's been an interesting one. When I graduated from college and entered into my work environment, small staff of three Mm -hmm. and I was a mere 22 years old (laughs) just a a wee little little lad and so I think that there were a lot of times where I was there were times when college students would come in Mm because I I work at a university and um and so like I was I had just graduated from college like I was so close to being the same age as the students that I was working closely with Mm -hmm. Um, and that was only a benefit mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things because I could relate to them. I was asking them questions. They didn't see me as like this authoritative figure so we could bond and they were opening up to me in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there were other moments where I felt a complete lack of confidence because I felt like I didn't have the experience that I needed. Mm-hmm. Not because I didn't have the experience, but but because that's what was explained to me mm-hmm. or questioning my decisions simply off of the fact that like I hadn't done this before mm-hmm. or um, those things and so I think like that is one of the things that comes to mind when I think of someone just like identifying me as something and associating me associating other characteristics with me just because of like one very visible that like the leaf on the tree mm-hmm. sort of thing um I think what's hard, what I have, and age is something that you grow out of. And so like, I've grown in confidence, I've grown Mm -hmm. a year and a half older, like, it's different in a lot of ways. But I think what what Chels touched on too, is just feeling like you have the ability to answer to that. Mm -hmm. And that like, you don't have to allow what someone thinks of you to be their truth or your truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you can say, actually, I am this, I am that, this Mm -hmm. is how you're seeing me. And it's hard to do that in certain situations and in certain settings, but I think it's kind of vital to be able, and that's why it's important to figure out, to figure out your identity. Mm -hmm. So then when you hear lies about yourself, Mm -hmm. you're able to push them away and Mm -hmm. not internalize them. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point of like, some of your identities are stagnant and some are fluid, right? And so, you know, your age will evolve and like, will always be a part of a certain decade per se, but like that evolves, but then there's some things like, I'll always be black, 
Yep. You know what I mean? Like there, and so being able to understand those two, I think helps people have this very difficult conversation. What about you, Lexi? Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Lexi asks questions not expecting to have to answer. Oh, Tink doesn't know I game recognizes me. Definitely. <laughs> Sometimes I just don't think, you know, it's necessary. Um, no, that's a great question. And I, you know, it is. You had it. <laughs> that's why I know. I got it. I got it. You know, the value of these questions, I, it, you know, helps us illuminate the complexities of how other people in our lives are experiencing the world. Um, and I, I want people to lean into that discomfort and be able to, to, to parse out the like whys of that and not just say like, oh, that was the experience, that was the experience, that was the experience. Because in my mind, these are very much the way that the responses happen. You can kind of see the systemic nature of them all of like why and, um, and why one has the liberty to kind of be more fluid in some of their identities or why some experiences don't cater to um, other people. Either way, my experience, yeah, Brett, there's there's like always a running list of it. But like I said before, it's been able to say, because when I was little, I asked my mom, I was like, oh, so Lexi's my my nickname. And she was like, indeed it is. And I said, so I can spell it however I want, because I can't misspell your government name. And she was like, indeed you can. And I was like, great, I'm going to spell it L-E-Q-X-Y. And I was like, the <laughs> Q silent. And she was like, indeed, you can do that. And go mm. ahead, do it. And so I do think that there's this moment where you want to just go into the world how you want, but it's also, she's like, yeah, try it. See how people perceive it, how you receive it. And so a very small example to kind of show back to the same thing of, I, I, it took me a while to realize how showing up as a black woman was going to change every experience, how everybody was always going to mark that box for me. Um, no matter what and even before I met them but knowing that like I have a very strong um and proud origin you know I'm mixed too you know I have white I'm Hispanic and I'm black um and that was always shaped in me and packaged in that way there was never really um any disorientedness around that I just knew where I came from and so the uncomfy thing has been how do you how do I give pride to that and then also know that how I'm showing up in spaces is going to be this other thing. That is an identity that makes a lot of people uncomfortable because what we know is that you're not always celebrated for being this very like liberated black woman because everybody's trying to put that in a box. So I feel like I've constantly fought through that. Um, and it was, it always came at these moments when other people tried to tell you, like you said, you're going to pick the negative of it rather mm-hmm. than the positive. You, know, you got called a mutt all the time. You know, you're too black for this. You're too white for that space or just always checking the box. But I think I had a heightened sense of that because that was my parents' experience. Like they talk about buying a home and they went to go sign the mortgage, the like final, um, papers for it and they intentionally didn't check the box for black because they report that for like black home ownership and stuff and then they had to come back because there was additional paperwork and they had checked it for them and so my parents were like uncheck this but my mom was like I know once we walked out of that room they checked it for us again yeah. and so there are also these factors like it's happening without 
even knowing that it's happening. So it can happen in these very visible senses. But then there's also these times I'm like, I know people are archetyping me before they even know me. Mm -hmm. Um, And the implications of that, being able to bring that into spaces. So yeah, I feel like my experience has often been that. And I, you know, have to fight to get to choose how I want to show up in the, in the ways that I do. So that's like deep, but it's been kind of the reverse of like, how do I know I'm showing up this way, but still mm-hmm. bring homage to all these other experiences. Yeah. I feel like I found a nice balance of that now where like, I just know, I just know my story really well. And I feel like I've been able to articulate it. But, like I know growing up, you know, in a Hispanic culture and all these things, like how that shaped me. And I'm very proud of that. I don't let that go. But I'm also very proud of like how I show up as a black woman. And I think when I can reclaim that, it makes it harder for people to try and put you in that same box yeah. so I'd really love for someone to come throw hands with me so <laughs> <laughs> got some pent up yeah, yeah yeah and it is you know it, it's like going back to what Shan said you know whatever you want to be true is true so if like mm-hmm. if you want to put me in a box sure that's that's how you want to do it but that's not necessarily how it's going to show up for me but the second part of my question was you know what do you do when you have people around you that either don't respect your identities, maybe haven't evolved in the way that you do, like how do you show up in spaces with them or not? I've been trying to think about how to navigate this question because I feel like just leaving college kind of naturally does that. You're separated by distance. You're separated by like your changing beliefs or just different communities. And so... I don't know, I feel like there's been a lot of instances for me lately where we I've just gone on a different path than um, a lot of my college friends did. And in some cases, there was no communication about like the fact that that was happening. And in some cases, that was for my mental health. Like I, I had to let go of some people and not look back because like our, our relationship wasn't healthy things that had happened during our friendship were not healthy. And I think you also knew that conversation wasn't going to be productive at all. Mm. Right. It wasn't going to be a time, like they weren't going to be open to hearing what you had to say. Right. Yeah. Like open to hearing how, how they had hurt me, how like the path that our relationship was going down was just, we were never going to get to that common ground. they stand for hurt you. Yes. Yeah. The things that they have said, the things that they have put out to the world, the, some of their beliefs and their Mm. identity that I, as I was figuring out what mine was, and it was very, very clearly the opposite of what theirs was like the more loud and hurtful theirs became. Mm. And I it's this weird place of like I I don't ever want to like I, I don't know, I this weird feeling of like we were really good friends and well crickets, crickets, crickets. I think, I think your, your perspective of what a good friend looks like has changed. Yes. Oh, yeah. And For, so being yes. able to reflect on what that friendship was, now you're able to look at it and be like, that was not a good friendship. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But at the time, I thought that we were good friends, and I never wanted to, like, discredit someone or, like, 
just cut someone off because we had a different set of beliefs. But I think there's a big difference when your um, like beliefs and your values are harmful to other people. Mm. Yeah. And and so I, sometimes I like really struggle with the, like the idea of like cancel cancel culture because I'm like I I don't want to feel guilty for having to completely just cut some people off because like my health, my safety, my well-being that was all on the line and they probably have no idea mm-hmm. that that was the case, but for me it was like we have to, I have to walk away and I'm sorry that you're never going to get an explanation, Mm -hmm. but I like, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. Mm -hmm. You said a lot there. (laughs) Yeah. Lainey? Here I come out. (laughs) (laughs) So, unshockingly, like my experience has been very different. Mm -hmm. Um, And the friendships that I have where we disagree with each other, um, I think I would it, would it be a podcast episode if we didn't bring up the Enneagram? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a six, which means that I'm a loyalist, and we've talked a lot about like when friendships come and go, and ha- or people come and go in your life, and the idea of someone going or me going is really really hard for me, mm-hmm. and so I often will put in maximum effort to make sure that like that doesn't happen and I think Mm -hmm. part of it comes down to identity and like the identity of what it means to be a good friend Mm -hmm. and like what what gives like when's the time to let go is something that I had to learn um and I think it it fits into like belief systems but also just like where both of you are at that stage Mm -hmm. and um there are friends that I have who like I disagree with implicitly Mm -hmm. But a lot of it is because, is not as much because of what they believe, but just because they don't care to think about it Mm. because they don't have to. Mm. And um, they also don't have people in their lives like the two of you Mm. who have a very different experience of what living in America looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think I hold respect. I hold love forever for those people. But our relationship changes and like the way that I engage with them, who I go to for advice changes. Like, and I think fair uh, assessment from Chels where it's like, sometimes those conversations don't even need to be had because they're just like naturally Mm -hmm. like going and both of you are mutually on the same page. But I've had conversations with people. Like I just had a conversation with my friend and I was like, I inherently disagree with you. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I inherently disagree with you too. And I was like, okay, like, we don't need to talk about it any further. Mm-hmm. And like, it was, and then like, we could move on past mm-hmm. it. And so, but I, and I think that's because like, my respect and love for them is there. Mm-hmm. Because their respect and love for me is there. Mm-hmm. But when that's not there, mm-hmm. where that was not there this past year, with mm-hmm. a lot of these people for you, Chels, that's where like, something's got to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's their access to your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. High stakes game this is called right. life. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we we only have so many hours in the day. <laughs> how, how many phone calls can we make? Yeah, it is tough. I think again, being able to understand really 
what identity is and what it means to you, you can begin to understand why some of these people are out of your life and why some have come in or kind of, you know, the, the fluidity of that by itself. I think for myself, um, yeah, I've always been around people who've thought differently. I find it quite interesting, actually, um, to be around other people. But if I'm picking my like who I feel safest around, it's always black women. Like, and I, I, you know, always tell people, I'm like, I lived with them. It was the best experience ever. I stand on the shoulders of black women who have just like uplifted a version of myself that I couldn't even see at times. So when I have interracial friendships, I think, again, I heard this on a podcast and I was like, ah, yes, this is exactly how I feel. It was like, forget that I'm black, but never forget that I'm black. Right. Because the only way I can be in relationship with somebody and it be safe for me is if you know what my experience of somebody being black is and you know what your experience is, what insert whatever identity it is for you. Cause like if I, and I have like white guy friends, like white girlfriends, mixed people, Hispanic, you know, all of that. But it's like, if they don't understand how they're seeing this world too, then it's just a dangerous game for us to be gallivanting in this world because it comes at a, at a, at a perception that isn't always positive. And so, but then it's also like, but show up for me seeing past that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, being able to walk in relationship with people when you have that mutual respect, like, oh, I recognize that. I don't see you only for that, but I recognize how the two of our experiences together has this different perception. And so that's been a really beautiful process. But when it doesn't go that way, I think you're absolutely correct. There's like a legitimate harm factor. Like if somebody carries particular ideologies associated with their identity, it becomes an intimate threat for myself. And like as much as I know that those exist, again, we're choosing the life that we want to live and I just don't need to be around that. And sometimes it pains me to see people who do think that that's all that they have access to. And that's really just not for me to put on to somebody like, you could have better. Mm -hmm. But it's also one of those things like, dang, I just hope that everybody is finding that community in which that sees them, but then like sees them. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes no sense. (laughs) No, I think that does. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's that's for me. But then the the more fluid things of like how, you know, modest you are or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how fluid your sexuality is Mm -hmm. or those other things. Like to me, those are things to celebrate because like the more Mm -hmm. diverse my friend group is, the more people I have. I love being challenged. I don't want to sit in a friend group that is just kind of reinforcing everything that I think. I want people who are like, jank because like I've had jank facts before I've had jank theories and things like that and not for it to be for them to be an emotionally stable enough to have that conversation like maybe you and your friend where you're like I inherently disagree with you yeah leave it at that and we'll always have this conversation but it's fine yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, but also like maybe we'll come back one day and because it's growth is always possible mm-hmm. it'll look different yeah mm-hmm. Cue next episode about existential crisis. I hope I hope that this resonate one of our narratives resonates with folks, or maybe is giving you an opportunity to have that next level conversation with the folks in your life, or maybe seek communities or be in community with folks that have a different experience than yourself, because we have so much to learn from each other, and we need each other, um, and we need to be in love and abundance. Join us for our next episode. We'll be continuing on the identity series. Let us know by following us on Let's Make It Awkward Podcast on Instagram if you have any questions or thoughts that you would like to see us cover. Um, 
as always, we love to just feel surrounded by all of you listeners. We feel it even as we are recording this. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.